Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, brought to you by the Sofa Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Harry Simu, and this week I'm joined by the host of the Guna Talk. It's the brilliant Tom Canton. Welcome to the show, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Absolute pleasure uh, to be invited on. Appreciate it. Good stuff. We're glad to have you, mate. Glad to have you. So we're going to talk about Arsenal's victory over Southampton. Now, Arsene Wenger made seven changes to the side that played against CSKA Moscow. And it did disrupt our flow a little bit, Tom, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's always going to do that. It's a natural thing when you make that many changes that you expect there's going to be some sort of change over that, that adaption time for the team to get used to playing with, with teammates that haven't necessarily been used to playing with week in, week out. But I still thought there was some really bright performances. It was great to see Nelson start. Obviously, uh, we spoke about on the show last night that there's been a little bit of of chat that the the kid's not been happy with the amount of opportunities he's been given, um, which could obviously lead to him possibly leaving similar to what Serge Gnabry did a couple of years back. So it's great to see him get a chance. Um, Obviously, Awobi's come under a lot of stick recently as well. And I thought but he performed particularly well. Uh, A couple of mistakes here and there, but you expect that when a player's been out of of the limelight for a bit. But... I think it's good for a player like Awobi who's been taken out of it for a bit to to be able to recharge his batteries and come back in and, and, and really perform well. But overall, we got the job done and, and that's the most important thing. That's right. That's right. The three points is all that matter, isn't it, at the end of the day? Um, the visitors opened the scoring on, on 17 minutes through Shane Long. But you have to question what on earth Mustafi was doing there. I mean, surely as a defender, you've just got to put your foot through that and get rid of it. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys, and I defend him a lot because I like him. I saw what he did in, in Spain with Valencia, and it was always positive. And when we signed the guy, I was like, this is a really good sign. We finally got one of those established centre-backs that's going to be in the back line for, for years to come. But since coming to England, it has always been like he's got this error in him. And, and yesterday, that showed... That com- like just the confusion. It reminded me back to the, uh, the the League Cup final a few years ago with Szczesny and, and Koscielny and the mix-up they had, the little bit of Fabi Martin score, uh, which it's, it's, it's one of those cases where if he doesn't hear a call from his goalkeeper, he's got to go for it. He, if he leaves it, it's only going to be based on a call from the goalkeeper, which clearly didn't come. What annoyed me most was his reaction after it went in, that he looked to blame check. Now, for yeah. me, if you're in that situation and you've made that error... As a professional, you need to take responsibility for that, not look for, for placing blame elsewhere. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and that was one of the things I was saying last night. I was I was furious that he turned around towards the goalkeeper as if to say, you know, we do, mate. When in actual fact, you know, Mustafi just has to deal with it. And he didn't seem to be aware of Long's presence as well, which, which is worrying because as a centre-back, you know, I was always taught, you know, as a kid and, and I never played centre-back, but from what I'd hear, mm. you know, you, you should be side-on so you could see what is going on around you and then and then deal with the with the danger accordingly. But Shkodran Mustafi, for me, just seems to make too many of these errors. You know, he's either brilliant or he's awful and there doesn't seem to be an in-between. And that concerns me because, you know, at the moment, I just don't feel we can rely on him. And, and with Koscielny sort of having so many injury problems at the moment and being unable to stay fit, there's, you know, Mustafi's our most senior centre-back. And for me, that's worrying. Yeah, I think it's simply a case of <laughs> we've got a back line which needs a massive overhaul, and, and that includes the goalkeeper, to be honest. I mean, whilst I'm a huge fan of Czech and I think that he has games where you can do really well, he isn't getting any younger. And it's going to be a case where we do need to replace him. With what's being reported, our budget in the summer, 
I don't see where we've got these resources to be able to change anything that drastically. I mean, he's gonna, we're going to have to stick with Mustafi, in my opinion, as, as a, the guy going forwards, and hopefully he can improve. Koscielny is going to need replacing. And this whole Hector Bellerin stuff that goes on these days, who knows what's going on with the Spaniards. So it's going to be a massive overhaul needed. It's just my question whether we have the resources or not to be able to do it. Yeah, that's right. That's always the big question mark, isn't it? Because, you know, we can say what we like and we're always linked with everyone under the sun. But if the club aren't willing to lay that sort of money on the table, then it's a problem. Mm. Um, Anyway, it was Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang who levelled things. um, And that was his sixth goal in seven Premier League games, if I'm not mistaken. He's taken to life in the Premier League like a duck to water, hasn't he? What have you made of his, his early performances? Yeah, I'm st- I'm still starstruck to be honest to see him on the on the Arsenal pitch with it with that shirt on because a couple of years back when we were in link to him, I was like, there's no chance. He's wanted to go to Real Madrid for years. I thought that's where he's going to end up. So the fact that we got him in January was was such a massive coup for us and such a, a needed signing based upon the, the the feeling around the club. And since he's done that, he's performed really well. And I felt sorry for him in the first few games because obviously we weren't in the best of form. The game in which he scored against Brighton and we obviously lost was oh, should have been a massive sort of uh, dent to his confidence. But since then, he's just kept on going. And I think that it's helped with the fact that Ozil's come to more of a top form in his game as well, which has allowed Aubameyang to be more prolific. Even Danny Welbeck's contributions and and obviously what we saw in the last game where he gave the ball to obviously Lacazette to take that penalty just shows that he's really integrated well into the team and he's he's made some friends and he's he's using that to help other players in the team, which is fantastic. He knows his responsibility is is set in the league and he knows he can't play. And he's, he's spoken about his frustrations that, of this rule, which now, funnily enough, is changing for next season in, in, yeah. in the Europa League, which is annoying for us, but we just have to, to get past that. But the fact that he's he's willing to take one for the team, take one for himself and pass that responsibility on to Lacazette does show the camaraderie within him. And I think that's helping him score goals as well. Yeah, definitely. He's an exciting player. He's explosive at times. You know, for me, I must admit in his first few performances, and maybe I was being a little bit overly critical, but I thought he was in and out of the game a little bit too much. Um, But that's something that I could say about Lacazette Mm. over this season as well. And and I'm starting to come to the realisation that perhaps it's the way we play. And, you know, when we're not playing very well, our centre forwards are very isolated. And Mm. hopefully, you know, we can see that pick up. What about the possibility of them both playing together? Would you like to see that? I think I'd love to see that. Um, it's just a case of working out how that actually works. I think it's going to be a case where, at least under the current management, we're not going to see a, a system with two strikers out and out. It's going to be a case of seeing one of them push wide. And what it seems to be the case is when they are playing together on the pitch through a substitution, Aubameyang is, is pushed to the left-hand side and then Lacazette goes up top, which I'm OK with because I know that Aubameyang has, has played in that position a lot throughout his career. He's played on the left, he's played on the right at Santetian and Dortmund. And so the fact that now we're seeing him play with a Lacazette, I think it is really good. You can see, I mean, we, we build up so much hype around social media these days, but seeing them in photos together and having a good time in training, it's important that strikers, if they're going to play together, build up that that personal relationship between each other and, and, and that likability for each other. Because we know we've had problems in the past with players like Alexis, who clearly didn't get on that well with other teammates. And I think that ultimately towards the end of his Arsenal career and even into his Man United career now, that's having a long lasting effect. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And Wenger's been quite vocal about the fact that Aubameyang can play from the left flank, hasn't he? He's, he's taken every opportunity in uh, the recent weeks to get that into his press conferences. So that'll be interesting to see how 
that situation develops. So Danny Welbeck then fired us in front. His deflected effort found its way into the back of the net. Now, I've been extremely critical of him over the years and I've described mm. him as a blunt knife on numerous occasions. Yeah. Um, but having said all of that, he did score twice yesterday and he does deserve some credit. Um, what did you make of his performance overall? I thought he was energetic. I thought that he, he really wanted to win the game. I thought it was one of his performances where he really showed he, he he really likes playing for Arsenal Football Club and and he wants to give all for it. He was running back, he was tracking back, he was tackling in our own half. And he, he clearly is a player that wants to prove not only that he's good enough for Arsenal, but to get into that England squad for the World Cup as well. I think that's something that's really important to him. We've seen the striking problems England have with Harry Kane's injuries, which could be a, a doorway for him. Uh, and and the, obviously the, the lack of reliability of other the strikers in England sort as well could lead him to go forward but going back to the original question to do with Arsenal I think that he's a player that when he was signed was someone which straight away fans were on his back because it wasn't the signing that people wanted it wasn't an inspiring signing it wasn't a world-class signing but we had just signed someone from Manchester United and someone that they really highly rated and someone that Mourinho came out and said he were he the manager at the time he never would have let the guy go so the fact that we got him I think that we we needed to get behind him more than we did originally. And we were always, ever since he signed, pining for that next £50 million striker, which eventually came with Lacazette. And even when we got that striker, it turned out we didn't play the system which suited the guy as best as we could have. So Welbeck's made the best of a bad situation for himself. And I think he's actually, he hasn't covered himself in massive amounts of glory in some of his performances in the scuff shots that he takes. And I think <laughs> that comes down to lack of confidence more than lack of ability. But what we're seeing now in his performance against AC Milan was, was really good as well in the home leg. And I think his performance yesterday showed that he really does want to keep fighting for this club, which is great to see. Yeah, of course. And and I think one of the things that has to be said about Danny Welbeck is you can never question his commitment. That's one mm. thing, you know, I'll always give him. I've been critical of him as a footballer. I think at times he's not quite technically good enough. Um, I think he lacks a little bit of, of brain sometimes. Um, in the situations he finds Phil himself style. in. style. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it, exactly. Um, but you know what? It's hard to get on someone's back when you can see that they're giving 10 out of 10 in terms of effort mm. week in, week out. And so I'm glad that Danny Welbeck is around the club. I think he's a fantastic squad player. He's versatile. He can play through the middle. He can play, occupy those wide positions. And when he does, he's still willing to get back and, and help out in the, in the defensive capacity. So for me, Danny Welbeck is a brilliant squad player. Glad he's at the club. Not sure he's a starter, um, but you know what? Mm. How many starters can you keep happy these days? So I guess you need players like would, that. Would you have, if I said to you at the start of the season, would you have rather said Danny Welbeck go out on loan or Lucas Perez go out on loan? Who would you have kept at the club? It's a difficult one because I actually think Lucas Perez technically is he's a very gifted footballer. My only concern with him was, you know, he, he seemed homesick. He didn't seem happy mm. at the club. Um, from what he's saying, he was promised things that ne that never came to fruition. And I feel a little bit sorry for him. I just think, though, in the Premier League, I probably would have kept Danny Welbeck just because his physical attributes and, and what I said about his versatility. I think Lucas Perez w wouldn't become tracking back and protecting your fullback if you needed him to. Mm. I don't think Lucas Perez fancied the physicality of the Premier League. And so... You know what, Lucas Perez has gone back to Deportivo. He's, he's on loan there at the minute and he's not really um, got going. He scored a goal the other day, which ended a really long drought. So I'm not too concerned about that one. Um, I probably just about would have kept Welbeck. What about yourself? Would you... 
I, I said it's a really tough one. Um, people know my allegiances towards Spanish players, um, but I, I see the points with Welbeck. I think that when it comes down to it, because Welbeck can play in a wider berth as well, and we've really needed that season after letting Theo Walcott go and seeing Oxley Chamberlain go as well. I think logistically speaking, it made sense to keep Welbeck, but I always had that affinity towards Lucas Perez because in every game he. He was so good for us when he played and he kept on performing and kept on scoring goals, but it just was never enough. So, yeah. I mean, I'm glad, I was glad to see him go back to Spain. I'm ashamed. It's a shame it went back to Deportivo because they're a team lacking in, in a lot of quality. And it showed that when he got the right uh, deliveries and chances, he did put them away. So I'd, I'd like to see him succeed in the future. Yeah. Fingers crossed he does. And maybe he'll return one day. Who knows? Mm. Who knows? <laughs> Even at 2-1, though, I don't think there was an Arsenal fan on earth who felt as though this game was over. And our soft centre was exposed again when Callum Chambers um, was involved in the Saints' equaliser. Now, this is a debate that I've had many times over, and, and, and I personally don't think that Callum Chambers is good enough for Arsenal. Um, I've said that from day one. I think Callum Chambers, like many players, gets um, a lot more leeway because he's... Uh, a prospect for England. And I think that's the case here. Um, his mistake led to the sort of build-up of the goal. Eventually, Cedric got into the box, beat a couple of men and put a cross in for Austin. Now, do you think that Callum Chambers is good enough to hold down a place in this Arsenal team? Uh, in this Arsenal team, uh, it's it's a tougher question because obviously we've seen the mistakes that Mustafi keeps making um, and we know the injuries with Koscielny. So in this Arsenal team, I think he's actually got more of a chance than, than people are giving him credit for. But in a top four side, which is what we should be right now, he hasn't got the the current ability to be able to nail down a spot in, in for the quality I think you need to nail down that top four place consistently each season. However, I still see the qualities in him that he has got. I saw that as soon as he arrived from Southampton. He showed it in, in his, his early performances. And it was that game against Dortmund where uh, and Napoli as well, I think it was, that he really did sort of get hurt. And Swansea as well against um, Montero, the, the Ecuadorian winger. So that's dented to his confidence. And if you're a player who's going to play for a side like Arsenal, you can't let that affect you and you need to just move past it. And he never really has got over it. It's good to see that he's back. I thought he had a great loan spell out of Middlesbrough and he did really well. And people who are the fans that I've spoken to there really did enjoy his performances for them. Shame he couldn't keep them up. But at the same time, at Arsenal Football Club, we need to be looking this summer for more established, more experienced senior centre-backs. And he isn't that. Um, and I think it comes also down to the fact we've been so blessed as Arsenal fans with great English defenders with the likes of Steve Bold, Sol Campbell and obviously Tony Adams as well that he's got a high bar to reach. So uh, I think it's a shame. I'm hoping that if he does go, we still uh, keep going with Rob Holding because he's someone I really like as well. But for Callum Chambers, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, completely agree. And I think there's this, you know, what doesn't help Callum Chambers as well is that he seems to be thrown in at right back sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes if you can play too many positions, you suffer because you don't actually find yourself a home. And, and Arsene Wenger is someone who will use you in another position if he thinks you can play it. And, and that maybe works against him, whereas he could have settled as a centre-back and focused his game on that. I'm sure in training he's doing all sorts and perhaps that's that's causing him a few problems. Who knows? Who knows? Mm. Um, shortly after missing an absolute sitter, it was indeed Danny Welbeck who found the winner with a far post header. But the game reached boiling point when Jack Wilshire pulled back Jack Stevens by the shirt. 
The Southampton defender lashed out in retaliation and was shown a red card. Do you think that was the <laughs> correct decision? Yeah, you, you can't be grabbing people on the back of them and throwing them to the ground, to be honest. Um, I, I've obviously, Jack's one of those guys that <laughs> he's always provocative and we've set him up against the likes of Fellaini, brave kid. Um, but I, yeah, it's a red card. And then El Nenny later on, was, as I'm sure you want to talk about, was, was even a little bit more silly. But it's, it wasn't as bad. But you, you, why provoke, why try and get the referee to give that's why ask the ref to send you off like why give him that choice that's you it. shouldn't do that and that's the problem with it and i've got no problems with him getting the match ban i think that to go out and say we should appeal it and all that is it's going to be futile in the, the day yeah no completely agree and i think you're right there what you said about jack jack for me is a very provocative character you know if you're yeah. an opposition player you absolutely despise jack wilshire don't you I yeah. mean, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's just one of those people that gets under your skin yeah. and, you know, it was, you know, I was glad that he made the foul because I think Arsenal sometimes let those things go as opposed mm. to making that tactical foul. And it was nice to see that the player lashed out, you know, to be yeah. honest. I know Southampton are desperate for points and they were right up for this one yesterday. And and, and mm. so the reaction was, was understandable. But like you said, it is a red card. There's no doubt about that. The El Nenny one... Um, I thought that one was a little bit harsh because yeah. I thought it was just handbags. You know, he, he's been pushed first. He's pushed him back. Mm. They both kind of walked away from it. Nothing's really kicked off. Um, and, and I think it was the fourth official that's seen that or the linesman mm. and, he, and he's advised the referee there. So, yeah, it's a bit difficult, that one. And we all know that El Nenny's not that type of player. <laughs> no. You know, if this was... He's more so, of a keyboard warrior than a fighter, for that's sure. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, you know, the thing I, I, I enjoyed about the Wilshire, the, the Wilshire incident, this is quite funny, really, was that Sead Kolasinac went steamrolling into Jack Stevens the minute he yeah. touched Jack. And it was nice to see that unity, isn't it? And it seems as though Kolasinac is the go-to man when you're having a bit of trouble because he'll step in and... Uh, yeah, it was like, and something I think Arsenal have lacked, actually, um, is that <laughs> sort of fighting spirit between the the, the, the club and the, and the players, is that when the players get into trouble with another guy, they usually, they've been left to them to back themselves and not that many other people run over. So, well, it is nice to see that, Comrade, it, it, we can't really let it happen on a regular occasion. No, totally agree. Totally agree. Right, our next fixture is the second leg of our Europa League quarterfinal versus CSK in Moscow. That's this coming Thursday. Tom, do you think we've done enough so far? Uh, no, I don't think we have. Um, and I know that we've won 4-1 at home, which is a fantastic result and taken nothing away from that whatsoever. We conceded a away goal, which is really irritating. Um, and if there's one thing that Arsenal have shown you this season and in previous seasons is that if we've got a result in the first leg, which we find comfortable, as we saw against Ossesunds earlier in the season, it can often lead to that mindset uh, that changes that we can sit back and relax a bit more. And I put a poll out uh, on the Gunatuk account straight after the game saying, is this enough or do we need one more goal or some, are you not even sure we might still not go through? And there was still about 10, 15% of people that weren't sure if we were going to go through. Most of the people said that we still needed another goal. Um, which I completely agree with. We need to get that away goal to, to level it up. We can't allow them to suddenly nick three goals like we saw Ossesons nearly do against us. And I think that it's going to be a tougher game. What we need to do and what I'm liking in, in the fact that we saw a lot of changes against Southampton is that we're still going to go with that full-strength team, which I think is really important. You need to keep that momentum going in this competition we're seeing as our priority now. And that team needs to stick together in that competition. And especially with the injury to Mkhitaryan, it's going to be much more difficult if we are going to try and get past the likes of maybe Lazio or, or eventually Atletico Madrid. 
Yeah, no, that's right. That's spot on. Um, speaking of polls, we put a poll out this week as well. Um, and our poll was, if the Arsenal were only able to hold of one, onto one of the following two players, Jack Wilshaw or Aaron Ramsey, who would you pick? Um, Tom, if you want to let us know who you would pick, and then I'll give you the results. A million percent Aaron Ramsey. A million percent, yeah. Yeah, that, I agree. I completely agree. And it seems as though our listeners agree because of the 510 or so votes, 84% voted Aaron Ramsey, just 16% voted for Jack Wilshire. Um, My reasoning behind that is because I feel that Aaron Ramsey offers more to the team in terms of energy, his ability to score goals, his ability to assist. I just think Aaron Ramsey's a little bit more of a complete mm. um, midfield player and, and, and that's my reasons why. I think right. if you... Um, sorry. Um, if you have asked that poll four years ago before he had that amazing season we scored all the goals, I think you'd probably see a flip in the, in the results, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think Aaron Ramsey, you know... People criticise his injury uh, record as well, and, and it, it's not great. Um, but, you know, there's one thing being out for two weeks here and there, and there's another thing being out for nine months. So, you yeah. know, I've got serious question marks over Jack Wilshere's fitness. And even when he's supposedly fit, he still doesn't look 100% fit to me. So mm-hmm. it, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, Tom, thank you very, very much indeed for joining us. Do you want to tell us, our listeners, how they can follow you, how they can follow your show and, and where they can watch it and listen to it. And... Yeah, um, obviously, my name's Tom. I'm on uh, Twitter at TKADS94 and uh, the Guna Talk TV on Twitter as well, which you can just find on YouTube by typing type in the Guna Talk. And uh, if you go on Wednesday's Talk Sport 2 with Hugh Wizzy as well, I've started that up as well. So that's, that's quite a cool program I'm doing at the moment. Brilliant. Good stuff. I look forward to it. I'll check that one out. Right, guys, thank you for listening to the Chronicles of Aguna. Until next time, ciao. Here at the Chronicles of Aguna, we've been speaking to the guys from the new football fan app, HDMM. I'm pleased to say we've been able to form a fantastic partnership. With the amazing statistics and data they gather from their users, we'll be able to share with you guys exactly how the fan base is feeling. So in order to make this work, we simply need you, the listeners, to download it. You can find it on both the App Store and the Play Store. Whilst you're there, check out the brand new feature, Fan Time. Hit the button and record your response to the latest question on the dashboard. Former Gunners player Perry Groves is on there at the moment. Remember to get your predictions in on the Pitch DMM app for the next game. And with your participation, we look forward to discussing the latest stories and what the fans really think. HDMM. Download it now and have your opinions heard.